Verse Chorus University, L here. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening. Real quick before you do, a couple questions. Because next year, we're going bigger, we're going better. A lot more content, a lot new things coming your way. Our question is, if we ever do end up with some form of subscription or paywall, what would you expect from that content? What are you looking for? Does it all need to be video? What is going to make you feel like we're not trying to steal your money, but earn it? That's it. That's the only question for you today. Hey, write me at contact at versecourseverse.com, contact at versecourseverse.com, or go to Instagram at versecourseversepod. Find me there. Shoot me a DM. Let us know because we want to give you the content that you want while also making ourselves happy. This is the only way we know to do it is to ask. We got to start that conversation. Get ready for this episode. It's a blast. See you on the other side. I've got to get up to get down and startle over again. Head on down to the basement and shout, kick those white mice and black dogs Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, finally, a listener brings a cool album to the podcast. <laughs> That's next. Get it on, get it on, on the day that you got born. Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse episode. We have no idea because the interviews this year are just all over the place. I am DL. Hope you're well. With me is Death Charge Rachel. Rachel, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Today. Today. Sorry. It's afternoon. We're just day drinking. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I've gotten I've gotten so much done today. We don't know if he's on or not yet. He's got some stuff going on, but he really did want to join because he does as we do. He's going to cut. We are going to have an evil (gasps) sighting today. It is official. He was pretty persistent and we will explain why soon. I will pre-introduce him as evil with the no pussy blues. And then we will go to the <laughs> guest of honor who brought this awesome album to us. There's a reason Evil wants to be on here so bad. And it's because we all have a collective crush on this amazing person. <laughs> Angie is joining us. Angie, how are you doing tonight in Wales? I am doing really, really well. Yeah, it's good. It's way past my bedtime. <laughs> is, what time do you usually go to bed? I usually go to bed at about half seven, eight o'clock, and then I wake up at like stupid hours in the morning because that's when I work best. So, yeah. Oh, well, sorry about that. <laughs> that's uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to find a time it for is. America and Wales to get on the same page yeah. here. But we and it's my fault, really. I have stupid hours. So how dare you live in Wales? That's rude. <laughs> For those of you that follow the pod, you already know Angie. You know Angie. You've heard us talk about her art. If you follow us on Instagram, you have seen her art, which is amazing. She has sent me multiple pieces of art. One of them is attached to my favorite guitar. It's my favorite piece of art she sent. And then she has a painting she has sent me that is hung up in my my religious section of my room with my big black <laughs> Delta poster and my Lane Staley portrait and all my booze. Um, <laughs> Rachel, you've got a painting we can see as well. I do. It's right there. I have all of That's the thing, Angie. You don't understand. I've got Taylor. I've got Haley. I've got Blackpink. And I've got you. You are up with all my faves. 
Thank you. Angie, how long have you been that specific style of art, the watercolor stuff? The watercolors, I only started doing uh, during lockdown. I Really? I, yeah. Um, I'm a, I, I did textiles at degree level. And uh, oh. my previous job was working on weaving looms, which was great fun. Wow. And then lockdown happened. I couldn't go to work and I was sat around not doing a lot. I took up painting again. I hadn't done that since like college. They are so good, though. It, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it surprises me that you haven't been working on these for your whole life because it's it seems pretty natural for you. Yeah. When I moved into this house, my husband's uh, mum had not long passed away and she'd left behind like all these watercolors and brushes and things like that she, she was a, a watercolor artist and, and I thought right well I've got all this stuff and I've got time to do it so yeah I just picked it up and it it, it did just come naturally I was uh, moved for watercolor it's honestly very spectacular stuff. She constantly has projects going on. The work she does is at the happy hair on Instagram. That's a great place where she displays her paintings, her projects. You can also go to AngelaKJames.com. That is her website. She usually has postcards. Like I said, some form of project. I can't recommend her stuff enough. The The book, What what was your book called? Uh, it's The Adventures of Hair and Snail, and it's book one, which is The Frog Prince. Do you still have some available? Yeah, I, I still have that one, yeah. If you have kids, if I mean, even if you don't have kids, it's, it's really awesome. You haven't been doing as much lately, though, because you, uh, you said you're working on a degree? Yeah, I'm doing my uh, master's degree in illustration. So, so far, we've, we've just done uh, the first module, which was set kind of different tasks. We were given the task of categorizing the marks that we use to create illustrations. So with mine particularly, it was watercolor techniques and color. Those are the main things that I use. So I had to split all that up into separate techniques and separate colors and separate marks. Once we'd done that and broken our work like right down to the bare basics, we were given four tasks. We were only allowed to use four different either colors or watercolor techniques. That was really good fun. I thoroughly That's enjoyed awesome. that. Following you, I would say you're definitely a true artist. It's really fun to follow her on social media. And there are times where she's she'll have posts about finding ways to create a different color with these natural, it's really, really fucking cool. You sent me some audio. We were working on some sort of project and you sent me some audio once. The background, it was all nature. You could hear birds and it was, I would, I've never been so jealous of someone in my life just from listening to their audio. <laughs> I'm in a tiny, I'm in a tiny little cottage. Um, it was an original 1930s cottage and it was part of farmland, but that's been built on now. Um, but I still have half an acre of land and, yeah, just encourage as much wildlife as possible. Angie, uh, really, thank you so much for not only joining the pod today, but for your communication with us, for your you listening and, and reaching out and your opinions and obviously the art. Uh, we're very, very happy to have built the friendship that we've built over the past year or so. Yeah, I feel the same. I can't remember 
how I started listening to the podcast. Was it to do with Alex Henry Foster, maybe? I don't know. I can't remember. Probably, probably. Listening to it and I was thinking, oh God, it's like being sat in a living room with all your mates just talking <laughs> shit about music. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best compliment we're ever going to get. Thank you so much. Uh, while Evil joins... Oh, look, there Yay! he is. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. I'm a hey. mess. That's okay. While he is getting situated, we will talk about what we're talking about tonight. So as usual, listener supported, we have a few of them every year where we have somebody that listens to the pod come on and talk about, bring to us one of their favorite albums. At the beginning, I made a bit of a joke that might have been a little rude to other listeners that have come on. You all know I'm joking, so calm down. Angie, why did you bring this album? What was it about this album that caught you when it did? I think it was because it was just very different to what I was listening to at the time. It was very different to what Nick Cave was producing at the time. Very different. And it was almost like, I know all the weirdo Cave fans were all, yay, he's back. He's he's back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) I just love this album. And And it's one of the rare albums that I've actually, I listen to like from beginning to end. I don't skip any tracks. It's. I can very, very much. We're talking about grinder man the the self-titled debut album of nick cave's project grinder man rachel yeah what was your nick cave knowledge coming into this uh studying uh scream that was it (laughs) that's the one song from scream and i didn't realize as i was listening to this album surprising thing i've ever heard (laughs) exactly as i was listening to this album i was like i know this where do I know this from? And then as I did my research, I was like, oh, from Scrape. This is from Scrape. I gotcha. Nick Cave. That's who that is. Evil, what about you? What's your what's your Nick Cave knowledge? Fairly minimal. Familiar with him, but not like deep knowledge by any stretch. Full disclosure, I was not going to be on the pod today, but my plans changed and now I'm here. So I'm Yay. woefully unprepared. I have listened to the album. I did not research it well. I have enough info to where I think I can contribute at least a little bit evil is going to be a great color commentator for this one grinder man nick cave uh it's funny because we just recently talked about tom waits and Mm -hmm. i feel a very very big connection between the stylings of tom waits and nick cave everybody is shaking their head pretty vigorously in the affirmative (laughs) uh angie are you a pretty big waits fan as well i am yes i've got quite a few of his albums too like you more and more every time you open <laughs> your mouth. We are going to talk Grinder Man, and I'm actually I'm very excited for this. Before we do, we got to talk about the most important part of the day or night, depending on where you live. What are we drinking? Uh, Angie, you had said it's already past your bedtime. So are you imbibing tonight? I I am, actually. Well, Yay. They were, yeah. <laughs> With some caffeine, which is a great Ooh. plan. <laughs> um, there, was, there was a plan for the cocktail tonight I, because I'm not a big drinker, but my son-in-law is a cocktail maker. So I said, right, I need oh. you to make me a cocktail that says Grinder Man. So I gave him the album. <laughs> I said, you need to listen to that and create a cocktail. And he served so, you a shot that's of That's amazing. <laughs> Have some speed. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I was supposed to go over there today because they live in the next town, pick up the ingredients for the cocktail. He was going to show me how to make it and I'd come back and it would be fine. But actually, last night I went out to see a band and broke my glasses. So what I ended up doing was running around trying to find somewhere to fix my glasses. So I came back home and thought, right, well, what have I got? And I've got a little bit of whiskey and some coffee and some cream. And so I'm basically drinking an Irish coffee made with Scotch whiskey in a beer glass. Uh, that mean, works. That's amazing. I'm, not, I'm not sure there's a drink that's more grinder man than that, to be yeah, totally no. honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to go next because I suck compared to that. Oh. I'm drinking an extremely light beer. Um, <laughs> look, it's 1230 in the afternoon. I have a lot of shit to do today, people. Hey, light beer. I'm being super, super healthy. Evil with no time to spare. What are you drinking? I panicked and just grabbed the Buffalo Trace. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all I know. straight out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you do when you have a lot of time to prepare though? Grab Me? the Buffalo Trace. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Last, but definitely not least, Rachel, what do you have before you drive away to Yellowstone today? I have an iced chai from Starbucks with soy milk, pumpkin spice syrup, and Jack Daniels. And it is fucking delicious. I accidentally (laughs) tried it already when I was stirring it because I licked the spoon afterwards. It is amazing. Lift up your the cup. Double oh, your I thought it was because you have another coffee cup. No, that's too. left over. I was like, damn, you chugged that. <laughs> I got a lot. <laughs> that's what we were drinking tonight. I'm excited for this. I don't think we've ever talked Nick Cave on the pod. And there are a couple things about Nick that no big shock. I just fucking love. So let's take a break. We'll be right back and we'll talk some Grinder Man with the one, the only, the amazing no, I actually love the album. I, I've I've liked every single album people brought on. Just calm down, everybody. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> 2007's Grinder Man hit us up with some stats. So, as you said, this is the debut debut side project of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. It's the debut some, debut. Go fuck yourself. Some of the Bad Seeds. A <laughs> couple of the Seeds, um, yep. <laughs> just a handful. The Good Bad Seeds? The Good Bad Seeds. Uh, <laughs> self-titled, this was released the 7th of March, 2007 on Mute Records in Europe, Anti in the States. Generally positive reviews from critics, raw energy, dark poetic mm-hmm. lyrics. Metacritic, uh, 85 out of 100. Four out of five stars from All Music, Guardian, Mojo, and Spin. Guardian uh, gave it four out of five stars? That's so weird. It's weird. Big shock. <laughs> Did not see that coming. As far as charting. Why uh, isn't everybody in the world talking about this four out of five star Guardian bullshit? <laughs> this should be us. the front story until that changes. Thank you for the stats. Let's start with the fact that one of the reasons that this album is so popular and so likable is how much of a departure it was from what Nick Cave had been doing. He had kind of turned into this deeply philosophical, looking inward, tweed jacket with (laughs) elbow pads type of guy. This is a midlife crisis of an album. This is a guy looking at himself and saying, holy shit, 
Where's my id? How close do you think I am, Angie? Absolutely. I've been following Nick Cave since the murder ballads and then kind of went backwards yeah. and then came forwards as you do. So after murder ballads, I can't remember what was that, Boatman's Call, kind of very introversal, you know. Very, and then, very. Yeah, No More Shall We Part, and then Nocturama, which was... Oh, and then um, <laughs> <laughs> the album we don't talk about. Yes. <laughs> and then I'd listened to Grinderman before um, I'd heard from the Lyra the, Vortis. Yes. To me, this was like, oh, he's back. He's back. He found himself again. So you were one of those people that you were talking about that yeah. was like, yeah, oh, thank absolutely. God he's back. I've got nothing against people changing what they produce and how they see the world. There was a lot going on in his life I think I don't really research people that much but it was apparent that there was stuff going on I was just kind of willing him to you know find his feet again and, and then there was Grindman. what's really interesting to me is what a decade after Boatman's Call which was not yeah because Boatman's Call was a massive success yeah and then I'm not sure I think you're right I think you're onto something that after Boatman's Call I don't want to say he got in his own head. I think with a, a guy like Nick Cave, who's the people that follow him are so faithful to him and in love with him, that it's probably pretty easy to get that Kanye West style God complex of talks about it on this album about standing on the stage and looking down at these young, beautiful right. people as the, the God among men for so long. I could see where he would end up being that type of guy. Rachel, we talked a little bit beforehand. I don't think I've ever had as many texts from you saying like, holy shit, the rabbit holes that I have gone down because <laughs> right. of this album. Yeah, I think that him, you know, his first album was in 84. He's been around for a long time. And so there was a lot of space for rabbit holes. It was, I don't want to be blasphemous. It was like trying to research Taylor Swift and why she does what she does because there was so much of money like, grinder man like no uh why were we named grinder man oh it was after this and this and this blues singer and this song mentions what? this guy oh, so then oh, I wait why are they called grinder man I thought it was just because grinder man is like a that's like a sexual prowess that that's like a male that's Shit. I have a lot of notes evil uh, i hadn't said on. anything about this album to you a if you were coming on i wanted it to be kind of a surprise for you and b if you weren't coming on i didn't want to make you feel bad because to me <laughs> this is such a an evil album yeah i feel like i'm in college cramming for an exam here so uh, <laughs> I, this is a band that i feel like you really need to see live to to get oh, yeah. the whole picture i watched some live performances and was like just blown away at how explosive they are and how entertaining it is. I scribbled down notes when my thoughts are going to be super scattered, but I'm like, I wrote down like the Stooges, Viagra Boys, Dylan and Waits, yeah, uh, Eagles of Death Metal, yeah, uh, a little bit of David Byrne, hell uh, yeah, Suicide, and and yes. I'm like, I had this like this feeling, I'm like this feels like music from a Tarantino film, and then I start poking into the band yes. members, and I'm like, oh, Warren Ellis did the soundtrack for Django. I'm like, this all makes sense to me. So yeah, See, it, it's so many rabbit holes. super, super enjoyable. I, I wish my plans uh, were uh, not what they were and I would have had time to prepare for this a bit more. I'm so mad that you have two seconds to plan and you come out with suicide and I hadn't even... <laughs> 
<laughs> I hadn't even, fuck you, man. Yeah. Smarter than you. <laughs> uh, Angie, you had said that you liked this so much because it was so much different than what you were listening to at the time. Do you remember what you were listening to at the time? What year are we in? 2007. 2007. 2007. I think, I don't think I was listening to a lot, actually. In Rainbows came out in 2007. Neon Bible, Sound of Silver. Yeah, so Radiohead, uh, Seagull Ross. I'd kind of toned down a bit from the art college years. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like uh, Jimmy said, this was really explosive and it really, it really was. And it, I kind of, I don't want to say losing faith because that's just ridiculous, but I was, I got to, got to a point where I wasn't going to listen to Nick Cave anymore. And I love the fact that all the albums are different and all of them tell a different story. And, mm -hmm. and, and I did think I was, that was it. Yeah. And then this came out and it was just, oh, that's, that's awesome. I can't even think of an artist that a band that I was basically giving up on. And then they came out. Oh, you know what? 72 seasons that did it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to beat that horse. For Smart ass. <laughs> um, is it the first words in Get It On or is it the first time he actually starts speaking in verse? They had to dig him from the ground thing. Yeah, it's the first verse, I think. Evil, you know what this reminded me of? A less heavy, more rock daughters. Mm, that's a good pull. There's this very, very, yeah. very not known 90s artist named Whammo. I'm not sure if anybody ever heard. Uh, when you guys are done with this, Go look up Batman by Whammo, a song about a guy who has a bully who then a bigger kid beats the crap out of his bully and that convinces him that Batman is real. It's an incredible song. <laughs> it's very, very uh, grinder man. And I feel like this establishes exactly what it is in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. My kids were growing, starting to grow up. I'd got babies in the house forever. <laughs> and, and so kind of finding myself at the same time. So it was just nice to find some music to jump around the house with. <laughs> you are actually, you know, we become friends with a woman from Wales who is a watercolor artist painting these pictures of snails and hares. And then you start talking about your music, you're citing Nine Inch Nails and Grinder Man. It's like, oh, on here. It's a very cool don't judge a book by its cover thing because you listen to some pretty heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. The 100 Day Project that started with a comment exactly like that from a friend of mine. We touch base um, every couple of months or so. I give him CDs to listen to and he gives me CDs to listen to and we we just share music. Awesome. And I think I'd given Death Prod and Cripple Black Phoenix to listen to. <laughs> and, he came, and he came back. <laughs> he said, I've just got one question. He said, how do you listen to this? <laughs> rabbits yeah. <laughs> yeah. so with the 100-day project I was trying to show how music influences my paintings but mm. not in a very immediate way it's all kind of symbolic and kind of hidden meanings if you follow kind of like my website and my my Instagram you kind of get the idea of what's going on but 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that all started. It's really intriguing. It's really cool. Thank you. Rachel. Yes. Speaking of hairs, give me rabbit hole number two that <laughs> Rachel went um, down. The band's name, Grinder Man, came from Memphis Slim's song, The Grinder Man Blues. So no then kidding. I went to an, a Memphis Slim rabbit hole last night. After I found that, or the night before. Never a bad thing. No, it wasn't. It was great, but I really got off topic for a while. (laughs) (laughs) People very often forget how much those super old American blues artists were very dirty, dirty men. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There was one lady, the dirtiest shit I have ever heard, from this female jazz singer in like the 20s. It was filthy like filthy amazing blush in front of your grandmother about (laughs) (laughs) do you think we look back at music before our time as being a bit more sanitized than what it really was because it was like our parents or grandparents or great-grandparents music we just don't associate all of what's being a human with those people i'm gonna say no I was brought up. I was brought up listening to Prince and <laughs> Hazel God O'Connor, bless your parents. and <laughs> as well as like classical stuff as well. But um, even that was um, so. Yeah, I'm going to say no to that. But then I suppose before the kind of the the punk stuff, then I would I would say that that was cleaner. Like Rachel's discovered, it probably wasn't. Okay, I found it. <laughs> This was in 1933. The artist is Lucille Bogan. So get ready to bleep when you edit this because it is foul. (laughs) (laughs) It is so dirty. (laughs) That's like a dice clay bit right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like this was. Got four names. This was 1933. I just, it's so hard to imagine my grandma rocking out to this, you know? That is amazing. Angie, fellow Nick Cave lover, do you have any other favorite projects of his? All of them. (laughs) I like the film scores that he's doing with Warren Ellis at the minute. I think they're really uh, beautiful, um, atmospheric. You kind of stole my thunder, but that's... That's a no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Great minds think alike, Angie, because I have been obsessed with the Nick Cave Warren Ellis stuff. Right here is the assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford score. I think it's one of the greatest musical projects I've ever heard in my life. Was just completely floored by that movie, yes, but honestly, that movie is carried, I'd say, at least sixty percent because of how unbelievable that score is yeah. it's unreal yeah. like i've been playing nick cave for years and saying to the kids like listen to this listen to this and then like no, no. and then, <laughs> and then it was on, on harry potter. potter and everybody they all love him now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the only times that these guys performed live was opening for the white stripes in 2007 right uh, in i think it was madison square garden right mm-hmm. oh my god that'd be a fantastic show jack white has talked about how unreal the grander man trio was Yeah, this is just, this is so unbelievably raw. This is so Pixies, Kinks, Mm, Iggy Pop. mm -hmm. Like, this is just quintessential raw power, and I love it. Rachel, were you offended by anything on this album? You can be honest, we won't be mad at you. Did you hear me recite Lucille Bogan earlier? (laughs) (laughs) 
track specific. When I speak about possibly offensive songs, he has a song on here that is essentially about speaking from the eyes of a sexual predator who's listening to a woman's hour show thing trying to get tips on the way that a woman thinks to be better at being a predator. I shouldn't have said, it didn't offend me. <laughs> it's Love Bomb. He goes pretty deep in on that, I think because of certain songs that are very, you know, like No Pussy Blues. What's the men, the men are leaving? The Oh, uh, Go Tell the go, Women. Thank you, Go Tell the Women. There are songs that are very, very much tongue in cheek. I'm a man, I should get what I want. It's very mm. obvious that he's making fun of himself and all of us dudes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, like those songs kind of, they wear it on their sleeve. It's very overt. Fun fact, Snoop Dogg, big fan of No Pussy Blues. He actually oh. brought that up on a on a late show at one point. And he said nice. what he, uh, that he's a big Nick Cave fan, which I'm like, that's that's awesome. If you're if you're impressing Jack White and Snoop Dogg, you're doing something right. That's amazing. Yeah. That makes me like Snoop Dogg more too. He's a Nick Cave fan. Yeah, he says, that... I can't say the name on the air, but he was referring to that song. That's awesome. He also gets a little bit for his id, like I said, as it is. And I guess this is a little bit of a dude thing too. If you're in the guys have that thing about when their dad dies, Man in the Moon is basically about his dad dying at, I think he died at like 19 in a car accident. This is very much a middle-aged man singing about his dad dying. Amongst all this masturbating baboons and kind of raw maleness, and sometimes it comes out that men are, you know, sensitive and having a, a male person to look up to is important. Yeah, I, I think it actually it helps in kind of bringing you back, bringing you back, you know, before you become all uh, chest beating and uh, yeah. you're a woman and that's where you should be, actually. I think this is such an album that I and probably some other people out there needed or need to listen to right now. Right now, there's a big struggle with masculinity and it being a bad thing now. Evil knows exactly what I'm talking about. What You're not supposed to be fucking big and muscly anymore, right? Right. Like you're well... I can't help it, but um, <laughs> what did I say to you earlier today? I feel it's very important personally to inoculate myself against any conditioning that brittles my mind, body, or spirit. That's much more G-rated than what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> That's way more G-rated than what I said to you as well. But Yes. Speaking to what Angie said, this really walks that line perfectly of it is okay to be masculine and it's okay to have those primal things and the urges that men are supposed to have and do the things that men are supposed to do, but still be able to have the emotional thought process and the, hey, sometimes if you want to get laid, you're going to have to put on some rubber gloves and do the dishes. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. Grinder Man, Nick Caves. Awesome Grinder Man. Let's talk about the DMX Award. What makes this project unique? 
Angie, I'm gonna start with you. The whole rawness of the of the album and bringing Warren Ellis back in and his kind of yeah. multi instrumentalist self and noise maker. He mm. just gets some crazy noises out of noise maker. I love instruments. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick Cave plays guitar as well. You know, he's always been a piano man. I love that you brought that up because I think that's one of the things that makes this so raw and dirty and kind of a clusterfuck because he's <laughs> yeah he's not a great guitar player. I mean, I think the sounds that he's bringing out are amazing. I love the guitar work on this. The fact that he wasn't really a guitar player and he wanted to play guitar on this makes it that much more unique and raw and violent, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Evil. I have to kind of like improv here because I didn't have the time to prepare or really listen deeply. I will say that I feel like there was a deliberateness to this album, a deliberate intention to make something raw oh, yeah. that just rock. This music was made to be performed live. And I think there was a deliberate intention there. No, I don't think that's off. I think you're spot on. Uh, yeah. It's Nick Cave. I don't think that a lot of people could come out with a project like this in 2007. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a few select, maybe Josh Homme. This is a very unique thing that really picked back up in the 2010s. In this time, like you said, Angie, this was a Radiohead, the shins type of time in music. This mm -hmm. wasn't right. a grinder man time, which makes it even more Cool. Rachel is coming back. I don't know what happened while I was gone, but I agree with Angie and I disagree with a little <laughs> bit of what Evil said. This is very raw and primal and that makes it very unique. This didn't come off to me as deliberate. It actually came off as the exact opposite. I feel like this was, I'm an artist. I need art. I do Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds as my work job. And this is my side gig. And I'm just going to do it because I need to do it because I need to get this art out there. Isn't that deliberate though? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly we, what I uh, said. But she just but, said that it's like the amazing side gig. Can we call Grinderman the verse chorus verse of Nick Cave? <laughs> <laughs> the Mark Lanigan True Rockstar Award. I kind of said the same thing as, as everybody said on the last one. It's Nick Cave going back to his rockstar roots. I'm not sure what is more rock than an album like this. Evil, let's go to you. You need to see this live. I feel like it was written to be performed. Yeah, it's all very theatrical oh. and mm. I've seen him live. Um, oh my God. Uh, a long time ago. And um, yeah, it is. It is a performance. It is theater. More so with Grinderman because you've got Warren Ellis as well, who's throwing shapes all over the place, as well as Nick Cave. So it becomes. And if you go back to the birthday party again, it's all theatrics. It's all, it is all performance, like Jimmy said. It is. Rachel, Mark Lanigan. I feel like I kind of touched on this already um and what it makes it unique it feels like it was a, a place to blow off steam it didn't seem like it was necessarily about wanting to sell albums and i think that's the most rock star that you can feel is that you're doing it because you're a musician because this is your art and because you need to get it out you need to like get the art out of you or else you will physically explode and die and mm -hmm. that is the most rock star thing that there could be. I love that you said that because that's Nick Cave. Much like we talked about Tom Waits, much like that. You, it's yeah. very clear they've never given a shit about the mm -hmm. money aspect. Yeah. It's always never. the art first. Yeah. Overrated, underrated, properly 
rated. Angie, what do you think about this album? Going on what we've just said, that he wasn't bothered about the reviews or the money or anything, I think it's properly rated. I did try and have a look for a bad review and I couldn't find one. Like you said, The Guardian gave it four out of five. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Metacritic, which said, Cool Monkey, band sounds like shit. <laughs> oh, that was the, that was the that's only aggressive. one I could find. That's, oh, that's so wrong. That's a very good David Crosby Metal Award. That's the perfect. <laughs> Speaking to that, when I was researching and studying and getting ready for this episode, I was going all in on the criminally underrated. But then I went more towards the route of, you know, there are some things that it's kind of fun for it to just be yours and no one else can have it. And Nick Cave yeah. is kind of one of those dudes, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like when you go to a Nick Cave show, you know that you are around other people that in your elitist musical mind just get it. That's really special, David. I'm a, nice. I'm a really special person. <laughs> you are. It did fine-ish on the charts, I guess. It did really well some places and not Better than I thought. Others, yeah. chart-wise. And then critics seem to like it just fine. So I feel like for... The people that super love this album, it's probably very underrated. Um, and the people that don't care about this album, probably it's rated just fine. Evil, do you have an opinion? <laughs> <laughs> Always. I, I, one of the live performances I watched was uh, Letterman on Late Night. So if you're, if you're playing Late Night, you're in sort of at least the pop zeitgeist of the time yeah. so i think it's properly rated i think it got a, and this is just public perception i think it got a good exposure and anyone who saw them perform i'm sure like this is pretty awesome influences influences i already said the stooges i said mm -hmm. iggy uh the only other thing is i hear a lot of old brit punk on this what's the very last song love bomb has that very blur guitar. Uh, mm. Love that. So I think there is. I think there's Brit pop, Brit punk, and then American old school rock punk. Uh, Angie, are there any influences that we haven't cited yet? Yeah, the uh, the only other thing I'd got was kind of Velvet Underground um, and the Cramps, that kind mm -hmm. of. Cramps is a good one. Yeah. Well done. But always everything else. Yeah, we said. Rachel, what about you? Everything you said. Also, I heard a little Black Keys as far as who they could have influenced. Um, and then this is kind of a reach. Captain Beefheart? Anyone? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was another little rabbit hole I went down. <laughs> what was the rabbit hole that included Captain Beefheart? I don't know how I got there, David. <laughs> you got out. <laughs> I did. I just black out and then wake up in Captain Beefheart. This is one of those albums that I bet was a massive influence on some specific sort of Jack White keys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eagles of death metal type of band. Yeah. I bet this is one of those albums that when they would be talking on a podcast like this and citing influences, they'd be like that self-titled grinder man album yeah i mean i'm gonna start with angie on this the nevermind the bullocks award Wait, is this year do i not get to am i just chopped liver here on i'm sorry evil you because go I... <laughs> you show up late suicide yeah okay you already did. Was... okay yeah you and, already outdid me a little bit of sonic youth in there mm. oh yeah. yes i can bit. hear some i think grinder man would call sonic youth pussies 
but <laughs> I do see the I do see it. Just I mean, it's a smidgen. Skipping evil. I'm sorry. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Angie, do you think this is Nick Cave's best project? If not, what do you think Nick Cave's best project is? Mm. Um, I was kind of hoping you'd just go with Grinderman albums, in which case I'd say yeah. Yes. Oh, that's this is the best one. <laughs> nope, I'm going all Nick no. Cave. <laughs> Nick Cave albums. I can't, I can't say whether this is the best album because they're all so different. They all have yeah. a different thing to say. There is a, you know, it's like reading a book. They're all mm. different. That's the right answer, honestly. But Evil, do you have a better answer though? I don't know. I don't have a better answer. No. Than that. Of course not. Does Rachel? No. Why would I? Why wouldn't you? You studied your uh, ass off for this one. Oh. I did. The John Paul Jones Award. Why are you shaking your head, Rachel? Because no. That's just, it's one of those albums. Nope. Fine. Touch it and I cut your hand off. Fine then. Uh, Angie, what about you? Do you have, do you have one? That's what I wrote. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, th- I think there are easy softball answers that I'm not going to like, like I said, maybe if uh, Josh Homme was yeah. part of this project, that'd be fun. I was wishy-washy on this because then I was like, I just wish Nick Cave would have done more like this. But then I was like, you know, if Nick Cave did more like this, maybe it wouldn't be that special. So maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- my, I went back and forth. So my answer is basically nope as well. Uh, Evil, what about you? I My answer was nope until you mentioned Josh Homme earlier. And I'm like, ooh. But it would be a completely different project. I would like it to would. see Nick Cave and Josh Homme collaborate on something separate from this. But that's an interesting prospect. I would have they. I would be shocked if Josh Homme and Nick Cave haven't done something together, I feel like they are right up each other's alley. Yeah, I do too. Stats, get on that. Uh, Got it. <laughs> the No, Dude, Seriously Award. Angie, you have one song to give somebody to tell them that's this album. What is it? No Pussy Blues. And once again, she gives the mm. right answer. <laughs> right, That's the right answer. Rachel, do you have a different answer? I do not have a different answer. That is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're in <laughs> consensus here. It is. It, and it's, yeah, that's such a mood song uh, for such a mood album. It's amazing and it's perfect. The John Popper Award for Best Hook. This is where it might get interesting. So I'm going to go first since I'm sticking to that. The whole she just didn't want to part of the No Pussy Blues. The repetition of the she just didn't want to, that is just unbelievably spectacular. I love it so much. Uh, Rachel, what do you think is the best hook on this? I actually said bass on Mm. I Don't Need You to Set Me Free because it was fucking amazing the entire way through. It was so steady and the song is such, there's so much chaos Uh on this album, but it was like really held it down. It was Fabulous. I I felt very, uh, to me, that song seemed like kind of the only real traditionally rock song on here. Okay. Maybe maybe not. Uh, Evil, what about you? I'm really glad Rachel said that because Martin Casey's bass playing on this album, Mm. we haven't talked about it until just recently, is so amazing. His bass tone is absolutely unreal. I picked a different song. I picked Depth Charge Ethel. But his bass playing on Such that is 
so good. It's it's just dirty. I mean, it's almost like Sabbath sounding bass on there. It's so I, Stooges. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love depth charge Ethel. That's mm-hmm. when the shit picks up on yes. the album. That's yep. when it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, get it on is a great first track, but that's when it's like, okay, this is what we're here for. And the lyrics are cool too. It's the female grinder man. It's a fucking rat song. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, Angie, what about you? What's your favorite hook on this? Same, same as Jimmy, uh, the the bass in <gasps> Depth Charge Ethel. And like you said, that's when it really starts to get dirty and it really starts to get <laughs> fancy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's excellent. Yeah, brilliant. It's this like episode's a, going too fast because we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... That's actually good. This is a very efficient episode. It is because I'm edit out a lot of shit on this episode. We could go live, David. We could go live, especially with an album like this. Worst idea ever. Yeah. What was that song again? Read those lyrics off. (laughs) (laughs) See? Let's go right back to Angie for the John Prine Best Lyric Award. What are your favorite lyrics on this album? I mean, there are lots of favorite lyrics but i think my so many good my ones real favorite one which is is it love bomb but the the lyric is two thousand years of christian history baby and you ain't learned to love me yet yes um, that's is, so good brilliant that it's just fantastic yeah that is that is the song because that is the sexual predator song that's it's such a good lyric it's so good evil what about you i have to pass on this one because i just didn't have the time there's so many there are so many that i just i'm like i this is a very poetic album yeah Yeah. i would need like a couple of hours to sit down with the lyrics to really get even then it was going to be the wrong answer because there's another good one somewhere that i missed there are no wrong answers except there are. Rachel, what about you? I really struggled trying to find some good stuff because there's so much good stuff. So it's not necessarily the best. It's just some of the good stuff, I think. All of the imagery and no pussy blues because it's this story of this washed up musician who just doesn't have it anymore and the imagery of him like looking down on his fans and being like, I could get any girl I wanted and then the aftermath of like, no, she doesn't want to and then he like sucks in his gut and he... What did it and the say? more he tries, okay. the less attractive yeah. he is to her. And oh, it's so fucking and good. I combed the hairs across my head. It's <laughs> of a comb over. It just was like so very good. Homer Simpson, like trying so hard to look young and to be young, and you're just not there anymore. And it was so. And then he tries the the okay, I'll I'll drink the alcohol and say something yeah. you know rude to her to be the cool. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. So That's, that whole song is the answer. I loved that line from Get It On. They had to dig him from the ground. They chipped him from the frozen snow. They dug his monkey fingers. He's singing about himself. He, he said that. That's about him. He's the caveman that he's mm-hmm. bringing back out in himself. And I love that so much. But my favorite line, which also is from Get It On, is the... Drank panther piss and fuck the girls you're probably married to. That's a great. Right. <laughs> that was a good one. That is the man that everybody wants to be. Every man wants to be. And we all know it as much as you fuckers and try to deny it. The Eddie Van Halen Award for best riff solo, whatever you're feeling. Evil, I'm going to go to you first. We have to. It's Eddie Van Halen. This could have been my answer for best for the John Popper best hook. It's that windy riff that's the main riff in Honeybee. 
uh, let's fly to Mars. I, it, it's just, that might be my, I'll hold that thought. Um, uh, <laughs> it's great. That's that, that riff is amazing. Rachel, what about you? Yep. That's exactly what I said. Jimmy is my best friend. <laughs> I mean, OMG, you guys, I killed two birds with one stone. I said that driving bass and honeybee. It's, mm. it's unreal. It is great minds think alike. Angie, what is the, what's your favorite musical riff solo, whatever? The uh, solo in Electric Alice. Mm. And I, I had to even, I had to look up what instrument that could possibly be because it's, it wasn't guitar and it wasn't organ. So I had to look it up and it's an electric bazooki. Yeah. It's like nothing I've heard before. I, would, I had to sit and listen to it for ages and to try and work out what it was. And it's, yeah. In my notes, I said, uh, synth accordion thingy. No <laughs> but it is, it's a little acid era Beatles, but it is, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And I, I love it. You're, it's actually a really, really good answer. Let's go to the Surfer Rosa Award. I'm intrigued in this one. I thought it was great. I thought it slapped all the way through. I feel like there was a good slowdown. Just a couple songs in. Where was it? Electric Alice is pretty. Electric Alice. Yeah. But it didn't kill it. This all the way through was really, really strong. And I really, when we get to the next one, really struggled trying to find a song I didn't like. I th- it's really hard because I love this whole album. I think I might like the second half of this a little more. There's something about mm-hmm. it that... I don't know. It, p- it picks up for me a bit, but then I look at the first two songs. I'm like, whoa, 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 right. whoa wait. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I think this is just a bunch of really good fucking songs. I'm with Rachel. It was hard. The next award was very difficult, and <laughs> I think that speaks yeah. to the song, to the the album structure and the songs and how and the how they place them. It's paced really well. Angie, what do you think about the structure of this album? it's perfect i was thinking oh maybe i like the second half because it's it feels rawer and noisier but you can't you can't dismiss the first two three tracks either so yeah now we got to get to the hard one and uh i'm going to go to angie first and just rip the band-aid off uh angie the time of your life award what is the worst song on this album i think when my love comes down but it's not because it's a poor song it's not a song that i skip maybe it's just that little bit different it's not as noisy i don't think as the rest there's a little uh acidy radio heady kind of yeah. a little more it, it stands out from the album because it's different but that doesn't make it a bad song it's just hmm. I very much agree with that. That is not my least favorite song and and this is very hard because I did like every single song on this. My least favorite was Go Tell the Women. I love the song. I think it's awesome. I think it's super this hilarious tongue in cheek thing that I think is great. There's that like dinky SpongeBob SquarePants guitar in it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's the one song that I'm almost like, okay, this is a little too fucking goofy, Nick Cave. Like, but I still, I totally love it. Um, Evil, what do you think? The mindset that I used was like, what if I had these songs in a playlist with a whole bunch of other songs? Which one would not work by itself? Oh. And it's it's the title track. I feel like it works as an interstitial that ties Ooh. kind of the slow down 
from Electric Alice to that where it really starts hitting with depth charge Ethel. So I think that's it's just a song. That's it's true. One that I, I it's pick. almost like a, a acoustic Kurt Cobain-y kind mm-hmm. of. Yep. Yeah. That's In good... the flow of the album, it's perfect. But by itself, I don't think it stands alone the same as the other tracks on the album. That is a really interesting way to do things. Mm. It is. I like that. I loved everything, so it was hard. So I just said Man in the Moon because it was my least favorite of all of them, even it's though they were because you're a woman really and you don't care about dads. Like my dad. Do you? I just don't care about anyone else's dad. Yeah, my dad's <laughs> awesome. It's a joke. <laughs> we uh, Everybody that's ever listened to this podcast knows you like your dad, Rachel. <laughs> my dad's the best. <laughs> okay, we got rid of the, the hard award. Let's get to the fun one. Evil, you've had the most time to prepare for this, so we'll go to you first. What are your three favorite songs on this album? Is it okay if I pick three but don't rank them? Because yeah, I just, sure. Oh, yeah, okay. It's your uh, podcast. Do what you want. And I'll, I'll just list them <laughs> in the order that they appear on the album. And it's No Pussy Blues, Depth Charge Ethel, and uh, Honey Bee, Let's Fly to, the, to Mars. Those were my three favorites. Um, Great songs. I have no idea how I would rank them. I would need so much more time with them to actually do a one, two, three. Rachel, what about you? Love Bomb, number three. Great song. Number two, Honeybee, Let's Fly to Mars. And then Great number song. one, I fucking bass. Uh, I don't need you to set me free. Uh, that just clenched it for me. I love that. I knew somebody was going to have the set me free. And Honeybee too. Honeybee, I think Honeybee and set me free are both the most traditional rock songs mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. I'm going to go next. We're going to save the best for last. So number three, I've got Death Charge, Ethel. We talked about it. Brilliant song. This is really when when the album hits, hits, hits. My number two, though, is the starting track, Get It On. Mm. When that song kicks in, Dirty Nick Cave, and he's back to doing the instinctive thing, and it's kind of a song that I, I wanted right now. It's the It's Okay to Be Masculine song and maybe don't want all your men to be anyway i love that song i think it's amazing sorry uh and for going live exactly my number one i'm kind of glad that this happened because i think it speaks to how good this album is my number one is angie's least favorite song on this it is when my love comes down I love that that kind of driving, overtly repetitive, weird reverbing guitar thing that's going on where he's, and I don't even know what he's saying. Something about his love coming down to nothing or something. I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. Unbelievably amazing. But now we get to Angie, who loves this album so much. What are your three favorite songs? This was so, so hard. <laughs> Number three as kind of my least, I Don't Need You to Set Me Free. Then No Pussy Blues. And then my most favorite is Go Tell the Woman. Oh, interesting. We we swip swapped. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I think that's awesome. A a brilliant, it's, it's a brilliant song. And, and then you get to the end and it's, hey, come back. (laughs) (laughs) it's very tom petty it also Mm. it's kind of all those wannabe joshua tree bands this is like what they wish they could have come out with uh who won the album Mm. uh besides angie evil (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i think with about another year i think evil won this album 
I think he's going to end up falling <laughs> in love with this. I, so I, that's my instant like response listening to this is like, I need to listen to more Nick Cave. So yeah, I'll go with that. I'll like, I will go next. I feel like if I say what I want to say, I'm going to be stealing at least one person's thunder. So I'm going to say Nick Cave. Nick Cave uh, got, did I steal your thunder? I'm sorry, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, he got back to his id. And everybody needs to do that sometimes. Rachel, why did you pick Nick Cave? Again, just getting the art out there. Just needed to get back to the artist, to the rock star. And I think he won because he got it out of him. So Before Angie goes, I want to revise my answer. Because I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> in the time frame that this came out and then watching the live performances, Mustaches won this album. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. Very okay. much so. <laughs> Angie, uh, who won the album? Nick Cave and all his fans. That was the answer that I knew I yeah. was going to... Nick Cave fans. Yeah. Including Angie. Yeah. Is this album a 10 out of 10? What are we rating this album? Rachel, I'm going to start with you. I had 9.5? It is... Wow. It is... Okay. That might be the highest you've ever rated anything. I feel like this is as close to perfect. Nothing seems like he was trying too hard or trying for a certain thing or thought, let's do another take on that. It's consistent all the way through with that sound. And obviously the talent's there. Musicianship is there. So yeah, 9.5. This is really, really close to perfect for me. Hmm. Wow. Evil, what about you? What do you rate this album? Oh, man. I, I don't even know eight and a half to nine range for me. Can I give it a range? Yep. Uh, there are some of the slower tracks are just not my, that's not evil stuff. I would have a hard time giving it a 10 out of 10 just for my own personal taste, but it's, it's a really good album. So I'll say somewhere between eight and a half and nine for me. I give this an, a very solid eight out of 10. I feel like Nick Cave would give this an eight out of 10. He wasn't setting out to make the perfect album. He wasn't, he was setting out to make something cathartic and let loose. But didn't he accomplish that though? Like if that yeah. was his goal, yeah, then it should have a higher grade than eight and eight. I'm not trying to sway you, but I'm just trying to sway you a little bit. The way that you look at things is more of a grade scale. Like if he did a good job, he gets an A plus. I look at Fair. it more okay. as he wasn't going for the perfect album. He wasn't trying to get an A. He was trying to make something. He didn't get, give a shit what the grade was going to be. Mm -hmm. This is how seriously we take this, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go to angie who of whom this is one of her favorite out actually i'm gonna ask that first you brought this album is this your favorite album of all time this is not my favorite album of all time i have a, a different favorite of all time um but i don't think you'd have been able to get hold of it so i didn't bring that to you oh. <laughs> that's very intriguing uh, he's a folk singer ian siegel the album is standing in the morning i'm not entirely sure that it actually exists it's not on spotify it's oh it's, it's german official releases was in germany so he's not german but the label probably released it there that might be why it's hard to but the album was called something else when i owned it ah. and lost it and had to look for it again and it came under another name and the track listing is different and wow. yes yeah, so it, it took me a long time to yeah. find it so really good stuff but anyway love it <laughs> it's it's an album that i don't skip tracks to so that makes it a good album and and there aren't many that um that i listen to whole albums to 
I give it um, an eight out of ten. It's well up there, and I rate my albums quite harshly because I listen to a lot of music and Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of music for different reasons. So you're a team, Rachel. Yeah, I think eight out of ten is a perfect score. Yeah, uh, for this album, album. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. That's Grinder Man. This is such a fun album to study, to listen to, to talk about. Angie, I'm so happy that you brought this album. Thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) Uh, Everybody go check out Angie at The Happy Hair. Once again, amazing paintings. We've we've talked it up. I'll keep Mm -hmm. talking it up. I'm sure we're going to be posting more stuff on it, uh, especially going along with this. You can go to AngelaKJames.com. All of her stuff's there. We talked about her book. Go get that book. It's amazing. My daughter and I have read it. I don't know how many times we absolutely love it. I think it's <laughs> right here. The Adventures of Hair and Snail, The Frog Prince. It's absolutely amazing. And all the other art that we all have from her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Angie, this was a blast. Thank you so much for being in the community and chatting with us and and all of your feedback and everything you're so welcome i'm so glad that i found you and i had a music podcast that i could learn so much from because because it's just like chatting with your mates and 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 like i do with with my friend that i i mentioned earlier just kind of swapping music and sometimes it's not stuff that i would normally listen to but mm-hmm. I, I do go and check yeah. it out <laughs> i do go and check it out even the snoop dogg and Kanye west and foo fighters <laughs> <laughs> yeah we won't we won't tell everybody about your feelings on the foo fighters uh... <laughs> spend would be very upset yeah. Uh, <laughs> Versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. Stay tuned for the next episode. I have no idea what the hell it is because we don't know when this is going to air. It's all based on our interviews coming uh, in October. So, but it is definitely going to happen. Angie, you're one of our favorite people. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us today. Thanks so much for listening. Like, one of the things that the podcast has given me is I had really painted myself into a corner musically in terms of what I was listening to. And so to hear, you know, someone on another continent listening to us being like, Hey, it's exposing me to new music. I'm like, it's the same for me. I'm so thankful that we have listeners like you and everybody else out there listening that allow us to do this and help push and find new things. And hopefully we can do it for a very long time. So thank you so much. Angie. You're welcome. Thank you. Evil. Thank you for joining us on such short notice. notice. I'm I'm really (laughs) glad I was able to make it. Rachel, go see a, a, what, a play in Yellowstone? Yes. What are you seeing? My niece is in a play in Yellowstone. Oh, it's closing night, so. Wow. Yeah. Ever the procrastinator is Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And then Angie, of course, once again, thank you. Uh, Go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's past your bedtime. We love you, Angie. We love you all. Good night and